So really, I just kind of wanted to start like uh, like a, a few minutes on your story and just how you got into you know doing all this podcast production and editing, and then kind of jump into you know how you how you find new clients, your whole strategy for that, whether you know, or if they find you, how you onboard them, whether or not like how you decide who to work with. Um, I don't know if you if you turn people down, but would like to hear about that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, onboarding, and then figuring out how much to charge, and then and then just more general like day in the life of a podcast producer. So, like, what's your kind of like what do, what do you do in a typical day in a week? Like, how much time do you have to spend educating clients about things? Do you have a like a specific marketing strategy for new shows when you're helping with launch? Mm-hmm. What's your response when people ask you to how to how to grow their audience? What's your response when people how to, (laughs) oh, I know. What's your response when people ask you to, how they can make money with a podcast? Mm. And then what do you think is the hardest part of making a podcast and what's the most rewarding part? Oh, those are hard ones. The rest I know. The hardest part of making a podcast. I mean, I guess I have the whole time to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, how do you you manage and schedule your money? (laughs) Yeah. How do you manage your schedule and your money? Um, cool. Okay. I don't know. There was, I, I remember I drove to the Yukon from here when I was like, I don't know, a long time ago. How, like how far away is the Yukon from where you are? It's by Alaska mm. and I live, I live by Vermont, so... Right, the whole Very far. basically the whole like length days. of it. it was the whole country, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then some, and then um, yeah. At that time, we were listening to like Dan Savage's Savage Lovecast, which I don't even think it used the word podcast at the time, but it definitely was a podcast. Like it was like an online radio show. Mm-hmm. And I remember the van that we drove up in like was a shitty van and didn't have anything but CDs or tapes. And so we like we like burned all of his radio shows to tapes and listened to them the to whole tapes. car ride up. Yeah. To tapes. And I'm like, that was for sure my like intro into podcasting. Cause that was like two thousand I don't even know what year. That was in second year college. So like I was nineteen or twenty maybe. Yeah. So that was like yeah. So I'm hung cool. up on tapes, not even CDs, tapes. How do you burn it? How do you why do you burn an internet? I don't know. My friend t- Caitlin did it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good question. Maybe um, we didn't have a CD player in the van. I can't really remember, but yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. What it was let's how do we start? <laughs> I think that's a great start. I'm gonna use that as the intro. <laughs> Lightly edited, of course. Uh, well, saying, okay, cool. How do we start? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like the story about driving to Yukon. Oh, yeah. Classic Canadiana moment. <laughs> Listeners, please note that I'm wearing a red flannel shirt right now. <laughs> People can't see, but you're wearing a, a red flannel shirt. Yeah, I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my job as a host and say welcome, welcome to the, the show, uh, episode 83 of the podcast, dude. Steph, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about uh, a look inside the life of a podcast producer. It's a title I came up for for this one. Cool. So I'm just going to I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and we're going to have a discussion. It's going to be, um, I, I'd say let's let's keep it let's keep it loosey goosey. Let's have fun with it. Let's have a good time. Cool. 
nothing too formal, you know. Sounds very Aaron and Steph. Very, very Aaron and Steph for sure. All right. So <laughs> if I include the story about you driving, you burning um, podcasts, radio, radio shows to tape, and that being your first experience with a podcast. Um, outside <laughs> of that, when, at which point did you, did you get the idea that, you know, working with podcasts could be a thing that you could do part time or full time? I'm not so sure. Like, I don't know if there was a, a exact moment. It kind of developed, but I was working after school, or I think it was actually my last year of, of college. I was working for a marketing firm, um, and they had a bunch of podcasts and like video content. And I was editing a lot of that and putting together their podcasts and sort of figuring that out for them. Um, and yeah, I really didn't like love working for my boss or the company. Like I just wasn't passionate about it. And then I just decided to try to do it for other people that I was maybe more passionate about. And I guess I lucked out. It worked. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I started, I mean, that's how I met you. Um, I, I kind of went off on my own. I had another job at the time to like support myself financially. And then I found a bunch of clients on the internet and started editing their shows for them and charging them money. <laughs> and now you do it. Now you do it full time. I do it full time. I actually ramped up to full time pretty quickly. Like I think I within that first year was full time by the end of the year. And then I I was always kind of nervous about it, so I always had like a bartending or like cafe job kind of on the side just in case because I always had that feeling. I think a lot of freelancers have this that like you know, any, the rug could be like pulling out from under you at any second. Yeah. <laughs> so I always wanted to have like a little like, uh, you know, slush fund if I needed it. No, it makes sense. I, 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 to be honest, I still haven't lost that feeling and I have a full-time job. Yeah. So I'm always just like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think, I think it's an indication that I need to save more money. Um, so what year was that when you, when you went full-time with this? Uh, I have no idea. I think this is our, my seventh year. I think that's actually late. I think it's longer. Hold on. What year is it now? It's like 2020. Yeah, I think I was like 2011. Yeah, 2011. Crazy. So much has grown since then. Yeah, podcasting has changed a lot since then, um, especially over the past year or two, I'd say. So let's talk about finding new clients because I think this is something a lot of podcast producers are, are super interested in. Where did you originally find the clients and, and how has that changed you know, versus how do you find clients now? Yeah, I think at the time when I started, I was really scrappy with it. Like I really just wanted to get my foot in the door and like get new clients. And the way I did that, I started writing a bunch of articles. I put them up on Medium. And then I like went on Reddit and like literally Googled like podcast forums and I would go onto forums and answer people's questions um, just to like see like I thought oh if I like if people see me answering these questions they'll think that I like know my shit and then they'll like reach out to me um for more help so I would answer people's questions about like mics or gear or like you know how to get better sound or how to record in a certain way or you know how to set up an RSS feed and then I'd be like you know if you if you want help with this let me know like you can email me here um and that worked a bit I weirdly like still get um like inbound clients, new clients from the articles that I wrote in oh, like wow. 2011. Um, yeah. And I, I deleted a lot of them, but I kept some mm -hmm. of them up. And yeah, so I think that's a really good, like free, easy way to get more clients. Um, 
and also just like flex what you know of it. Right. <laughs> um, and then now I, I don't really look for clients that much. I'm like pretty lucky. Most people reach out to me either through like word of mouth from past clients or through like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff. And what was the other question? Oh, no, that, that was basically it. You know, uh, where do you find new clients or do do clients find you? Yeah, most now, like most of the time now they find me, which is awesome and very lucky. Um, yeah, and I think that shift probably happened like two years ago, nice. which is good. Yeah. Do you ever run into a situation where someone reaches out to you? Obviously, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, well, hell yeah, I want to work with you. That's awesome. Is there any, have there been any situations where... Um, you notice signs that kind of indicate that someone may not be successful with the show or maybe red flags. How do you generally kind of handle uh, evaluating whether or not you want to work with a client? I think, first of all, I always ask people what the show is going to be about um, because I don't, I like really care about like putting out good podcasts, like good quality podcasts, but like even more than that, I really care about like you know, supporting content that is like good and not like furthering the problematic problems of mm-hmm. like media. Um, so I always add, I always have like that entrance call and ask like, what is your podcast going to be about? Who are you going to be talking to? And like, make sure it like aligns from like a values perspective. Um, obviously, like podcasts can be problematic <laughs> outside of that, like just in terms of like a work relationship. Um, one way that I've like found to like weed out people that are really like time. I don't know, like we talk about this sometimes there's some clients that like take up a bunch of your time, but don't necessarily realize that you're like, they should pay for that. And like any other job that would be considered like consulting time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's this other kind of client that I get a lot where people are like really excited at the beginning. And then it just kind of like dwindles off. Like they're not actually willing to put the work in. Yeah. And I I recently started charging like an upfront fee, like a one-time fee that I charge upfront. And it's like for all of that consulting, all of that, like setting up the RSS feed, everything that happens basically before the launch. Um, and I find that that is like actually, it was like unintentionally a good way of weeding out people that aren't serious about it because they see that first invoice and they're like, oh, do I want to pay like, you know, $1,000 or $2,000 off the bat? to do this and people that are invested will and people who aren't usually won't. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. I, that's exactly what I ended up doing just before I, I got a full-time job and stopped working with freelance clients. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like if you, if you want to talk to me for, for, you know, two hours about your show, um, I'm going to have to charge you something upfront. Yeah. And the the upfront thing is nice too because like, you know, there have been times where people don't have the money upfront and that's fine. But it's just the it's not having the money, it's being like, oh, this is a serious thing and I'm willing to like work to get that money. Like because people that don't have the money to pay me upfront will be like, I'm happy to do this. I just need to like, you know, have a month to get my finances together and whatever. And yeah. I'm like, great. No, that's awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> well, that leads into into my next question, which is how do you what's your onboarding process? So what's what's like the kind of like a, a high level overview of start to finish of when someone reaches out, then how do you get from there to helping them produce their shows? Hmm. It's a great question. The answer is a little different for each podcast because sometimes I have people come to me and they're like, you know, I have this great idea and I want to make a podcast. And I'm like, okay. And I and 
And then sometimes I have people that come to me and are just like, you know, can you edit this for me? And those situations are so different from each other. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing like a full podcast production setup, usually what happens is we'll I'll get on the phone with them, try to figure out their ideas, um, get like really clear on timelines. And then usually I'll try to buy equipment like that first week. If they don't have recording equipment, I'll be like, we need to set up a studio or we need to like get the equipment and get that sorted like ASAP. And then I'll send like a contract. We'll figure out what it's going to be about. And then after that, um, again, depending on the show, like sometimes there's a lot of pre-production work. So like I worked on a show recently where we had to like pitch guests and book them um, and schedule times and do stuff like that. So if there's like a lot of research or um, like reach out that needs to happen, I'll do that like immediately um, and set up like the timelines for recording after. But if not, if it's like just like an interview podcast or something that takes like less, less pre-production time, then I'll, I'll send over like a, I have like all these like Google Docs for how to organize show structure, basically, like how to organize a prep document before a show, how to like get like the email that you should send the interviewee after the show, um, like uh, overall of the entire season and like which episode's coming out when and what's it about and how we're going to promote it. Um, so yeah, basically I send over a buttload of Google Sheets and get them to figure <laughs> fill them out. <laughs> but um, other than that, like sometimes, I, I mean, I have a team now, so sometimes there needs to be some introductions made to other people on the team. So like for pre-production, like there's um, someone on our team, Cecilia, who does like a lot of the research and the writing. So if that introduction needs to happen, then we have to create that relationship too. And yeah, if they're working with other producers or like recording engineers, then those intros need to happen too. Awesome. And so this this brings up a great point, which is it seems like there's a lot of different kinds of work involved in producing a show. So how do you oh, yeah. how do you determine, you know, what to charge or how much to charge for all these all these different pieces? Do you kind of like do a big overall package or do you do you break them the different sections down in your mind? Like how do how do you figure out what to charge? So I charge hourly for all recording and editing, always. So if if regardless of what how big the project is or how consistent it is, I always charge like a pay what you can scale hourly. I do that because I find people don't actually know how to like vocalize what they want done to a show. And if you charge hourly for those things, you can make the adjustments that they want and still get mm -hmm. paid for it. So usually it's pretty consistent after like you get one episode down, but I usually charge hourly for that stuff just in case. And then if it's a bigger show that has like pre-production and like, you know, sometimes I've been hired to like build a studio, like, you know, if it has bigger stuff like this involved, um, I charge a flat fee usually in, in payments. Um, but with those, I still charge hourly for recording and editing. So what I'll do is I'll set up um, the contract into phases. So it'll be like pre-production phase one, pre-production phase two, you know, recording, editing, post, and then like sometimes people want marketing help. Mm -hmm. And I'll charge a flat rate for everything other than recording and editing. And then, yeah, bill it. Basically what I do is I keep track of all my time um, and then I bill that flat rate, which has like an estimate for recording and editing built into it. I bill that rate and if we go over 
I just let them know like, you know, a month before the end of the project, like, here's where we are. This is how much we're going to go over. I'll bill it as like a fourth invoice or something like that. Perfect. And a little Super bit... Super complicated. No, no, I think it's I think it's really useful information to know. Um, so you mentioned keeping track of your time. Do you have a do you have software that you use to keep track of your time or do you have a spreadsheet or something? I have both. I use Toggle for um, like timing when I'm actually working on something. Um, it just has like a start stop button. I don't know if you've ever used it, but yeah, it can be like on your phone or on your computer or whatever. Um, and you can actually hook it up to a lot of billing systems. So if you have like clients, um, and you know, you bill them a certain rate, you can like tag it, tag the client in and have that export to whatever your, your billing software is. I don't do that just because there's like other people on my team. Um, so what I do is at the end of every billing cycle, which is every two weeks for us, um, I get everyone to put their hours into the spreadsheet, um, like what they did, the date that they did it, the client that it was for, um, and any other notes that they have, like if it was really difficult or something like that, and I need to reach out to the client, then it's all in one place. Nice. Um, so I use kind of two things. One's a spreadsheet, the other's like an actual timer. But yeah, Toggle's great if you haven't I used have, it. I used to use Hover, um, but I will I'll include a link in the show notes. Yeah. People can check that out if it's they. It's similar. Hover does billing too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I used to send invoices through there. People could pay through. Uh, connected it with Stripe. That was really easy. So folks could pay with PayPal or credit card or debit card. Mm-hmm. Pretty handy. Yeah. Billing Super stuff. Cool. So how do you manage your schedule and your money and keep all of that stuff kind of together and and under control? I mean, I will say with money, I because I just became incorporated and now I have like a team, it's like changed a lot. I used to use like, you know, just my own self and like uh, put my finances together and stuff like that and bill people. And I just got um, QuickBooks, which is amazing and everyone should use it. And I kind of put off using it because it's a kind of expensive, but it is amazing. And I like have staff now that I have to like pay on time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it helps with that. It does payroll too. Oh, nice. And it gives you like a, a, I mean, I haven't done this yet, but apparently it can give you like a one sheet of the money incoming and outgoing in your company in a like month, week, whatever you need. Oh, nice. So that is cool because theoretically you could use that to like stay on top of how much money you can spend in a, in a, in a time period or if you're growing in the right way or not, which seems really cool. But yeah, I mean, I just I try to invoice very consistently. I manage my time by being a workaholic. Oh, no. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't I'm pretty like loosey goosey with my schedule. I, I don't like actually like giving myself like a strict schedule. So I usually just know what I need to get done in a week. I like mark it off in my calendar to do things, but I'm also like really flexible. Like if I have something four hours blocked off to like edit something and I want to go out for lunch with a friend and her kid, like I will do that and I will just work four hours later or put it into the next day or whatever. So I do like block off segments of my calendar, but I I don't really stick to them that much. I'm pretty like chill (laughs) with my schedule, but I, I also work a lot and I'm happy to work like I don't know. Like I, we talk about this a lot, but like being mindful of the times of day that are actually productive for you to be working in. 
Um, so like I'm really good in the morning and I'm really good at night. And in the afternoon, I'm like kind of a trash <laughs> human. Like I'm not great after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I try not to do any like work that requires like attention, like editing, stuff like that. I won't do in the after like lunch. I'll wait until the evening or I'll do it in the morning. Um, and I'll do stuff like, you know, meetings or, you know, recordings, stuff that take less attention to detail. Yeah. So do you have a specific marketing strategy for new shows that you help launch or when because I I think the the number one question I hear from almost everyone I talk to related in podcasting is, you know, how do I grow my audience? How do I get more listeners? All shows that I work on, I like throughout the process kind of talk to them like you need these assets for each episode. So I always tell people like, you know, you need a few posts for Instagram, a few posts for Twitter, a few posts for Facebook. Um and I always, I find that the ones that work best are ones that are like those videograms that you can make on Simplecast now. And like there's Headliner mm-hmm. makes them too that have like the audio gram. Those do really well. Um, other things that do really well is just like an actual photo of a quote or like the person who you're interviewing. Um, so make sure we have those for each episode. And I make sure that people reach out to the people that are on the podcast and send them all those links. Like, I have a template for an email. It's like, you know, attached are like four things that you can post on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to your audience. If you do that, please like use this hashtag and tag these people. And that helps mm-hmm. a lot. Like if you have a show where there are other people on it, it actually helps so much for them to like reach out to their audience because that audience isn't your own audience. But chances are they'll like hearing that show and then they'll listen to other episodes. So that's super helpful. And then after um, like three, I usually get people to have like three to five episodes out. Oh, actually, I'm going to rewind a bit. I also get people to um, start each like a new show with a trailer, which is great just for setting up your RSS feed because like you can submit not with your first episode. You can submit with a trailer. And then once that gets approved, you can be like, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to like you can adjust your launch date for when the episodes are actually publishing. But it also gives you time in that window that you can send the trailer to like media organizations. So like if you're a tech podcast, like reach out to other tech podcasts, reach out to like tech blogs, reach out to like, you know, Wired and like websites like TechCrunch, stuff like that. Send them your trailer. Be like, I have a few episodes coming out. I'm going to get in touch when they're out. Blah, blah, blah. Here's what the show's about. Um, And ask them to promote it. And usually like people are pretty nice I've found especially other podcasters like if you know there's another podcast in your space that um, that audience would also like your podcast do a promo swap with them like ask that podcast host like hey can I like have a 30 second clip on your podcast promoting my own I'll do the same for you I think it could be like mutually beneficial blah 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 that works super well and you know that those people like people are already listening to the podcast so there isn't that like degree of separation sometimes it's hard to bring someone from like a web page over to listen to a podcast but if you're already listening to one chances are you'll listen to another right totally and then i think beyond that there's like some paid stuff that you can do i don't do so much of that um there are ways that you can like reach out to people at these platforms that are like listening platforms like Spotify or Apple and get them to or ask them to feature you on that like new and noteworthy section. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a hard ask to get, but if you do get it, it definitely improves listenership a lot. 
I wouldn't recommend doing that if you don't have a reason as to why you should be featured. So like, for example, you know, in like women, like Apple will have these like themed promo months, right? So one month will be like Black History Month and they'll feature like podcasts by like people of color. Um, So if you have a podcast that is about like black and media or I don't know, something cool like that, that aligns with what they're promoting, then that would be a good time to reach out. Um, or, you know, with like, they have like a women, women led podcast section. And if you fit within that, then, you know, email them to be featured in that. Don't just like email them and be like, Hey, I have a podcast and feature me. Cause like everyone has a podcast and why would they do that if it doesn't fit within their programming? I think. Absolutely. Maybe that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Like, you know, you can't ask for a favor for someone if it doesn't also work with them. And like, if and like most people don't have a relationship there already, right? So it's like, Cole, you're asking for like a, a favor out of the blue from someone. So make sure it like aligns with what they're promoting too and um, try to get it in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. The It really is like the basics, right? Yeah. I think some people think there's like a hidden a hidden secret to like getting a, a, a podcast promoted, but like, I don't think there is. I've, I've seen podcasts like grow really organically. Like almost all the shows that I work on have grown really organically. Like just like reaching out to people, engaging with your listeners. Um, I think that's a big thing too. Like mm-hmm. if you want your listeners to be more engaged, you need to actually engage with them. And that can be over your podcast. Like you can be like, Hey, like shout out to this person and this person, like thanks for this review. Or maybe you can do like a giveaway or something like that. Um, or it can be on social media. Like if people are, you know, listening to your show and writing about it or tweeting about it, like high five them for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, my show personally grew because of those things. You know, I didn't, I never spent any money on advertising. It was all just relationships I built, interactions I built, giving people shout outs, answering questions, um, occasionally going on other shows, having folks on my show and, you know, asking for, asking for reviews and then reading those reviews on episodes, you know, to give people shout outs for when they they said nice things about me. Yep. It's a, it's a lot of, (laughs) It's a lot of work, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. There's no secret, y'all. Sorry. Except the secrets we're giving away right now for free. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So what's, um, let's see, I guess I think that'll, that'll cover, I was going to ask you, you know, what your response is when people ask you how to grow their audience, but I think that's actually what your response would be, right? All those same things. Yeah. What's your um? This we're gonna get into some hard questions now. What's Ooh. your response when people ask you how to make money with a podcast? Whew. My first response, if if you're not already a client of mine, like sometimes people email me just like, "Hey, I want to start a podcast. How do I make money from it?" And most of the time, I want to write back, and I don't. Like, if your goal for making a podcast is making money, it's probably not going to be a great podcast. Yeah, like. I don't know if that's totally true, but I feel like all the podcasts that I work on where there's like a message that, you know, they want to get out or they think they have like this really good idea, like the money can come from that. But if your goal for making a podcast is making money, it's probably you should do something else, like sell something. Right. <laughs> um, again, maybe harsh advice, but it's the truth, mm-hmm. I think. 
at least from my perspective, um, to make money with a podcast, it helps to first focus on growing your audience. And honestly, if you want to start reaching out to sponsors, which is one way to get money, you don't actually need to have a huge audience. But if you can prove that your audience is interacting with you, that goes a long way. So what that could look like is like, you know, if you tell people on your podcast, like, hey, after this, after the show, I'm going to post these links here, uh, go to this webpage, like, you know, podcastdude.com slash 83. Um, and then you can prove that like 10,000 people did that. Like that shows to advertisers and sponsors, like the people that are listening to you trust what you say. They're going to follow onto a web page. They're going to click back to something else. And that's beneficial for them to see as well. So if you don't have a huge audience, another way to prove to a sponsor would be that like engagement. To reach out to sponsors, I think that you should not do that until you have some credibility. If you are like a brand already that's like established on the internet and have an audience already, and then you make a podcast, you can reach out to a sponsor from the get-go and show them that. But if you don't and you're building a podcast for your business and your business maybe doesn't have that many followers, um, it really makes sense to focus like your first three to five months on growing and like maintaining those relationships with listeners and then reach out to sponsors. Um, yeah. So yeah, grow your audience first, then reach out to sponsors. Another thing I would recommend, which is not necessarily about making money, but it's about like keeping your audience while you have money is that like, don't sponsor, don't take sponsorship from like advertisers that don't work with your brand. And I think it's like a bit weirder now because there's a lot of platforms that are getting into those like, um, what's like, you know, when they like put the ad in for you. Programmatic or uh, dynamically inserted ads. Yeah. Which is great because it makes your life easier, but, um, you know, be specific about the the things you don't want promoted on your podcast, because I think it is really annoying for people. If you're like a listener, I've turned off a podcast before when they like they start talking about something super weird. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I know that you're not eating this like weird thing that you're telling me that you are obsessed with. So like, I end up not trusting the person who's, you know, doing the podcast. So I think it is actually important to like, try to have um, some sort of like, brand clarity on who you want to be sponsoring your show Um, especially if you're doing the ads like if you're reading the ads out absolutely Um, if they are like pre-recorded and spliced in I think you have a bit more um, you can get away with there Um, but yeah other than like I think there's two ways that people make money off a podcast one of them is like oh three ways actually one of them is like ads within the podcast another one is like sponsorship which kind of looks like you know, if someone buys a whole season or maybe they buy a whole season, plus um, they want to add up the in the front, plus they want you to do an event with them, something like that. Um, and then the third kind of way is to, depending on what your podcast is, like tie it back to what your business model is. Like if you are a health food podcast or a healthy living podcast, you know, get people to come back to your website and then do something for them there that mm-hmm. you can make money off of. So if you don't want to align yourself with like sponsors or ads, that's another way that you can do it. You can like sell, you know, products or or uh, books, stuff like that. Special content. Patreon's great for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, if you if you have a specific audience that is large enough that you can partner with sponsor sponsors to promote products or services to, that's great. Be respectful of your audience and what their interests are. And I think it's really important to know what their interests are. And, and uh, I, I still think it's great to either provide extra bonus content via Patreon or create stuff to sell directly to your audience, you know. And, Absolutely. And in my case, you know, I started my show, you know, partially because I wanted to provide education and also sell my services as a educator and, and producer, you know, an editor. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like job security for me. Also, like, I think on Patreon, like, a lot of people, I don't know if this is actually true, but I've seen it a few times where people don't realize that the payments are coming in monthly. So if someone donates $3 over a year, like, you know, that's more, that's a lot. Not a lot, but sorry, I'll start over. No, it's all good. (laughs) If it's, if it's a hundred people, it's a lot. Or are you talking about for the, for the individual? No, I'm talking about like the money that you make. But I think the the thing with Patreon is, you know, those like tiered giveaways, mm-hmm. like give something away to people for three dollars. It's not hard, you know, give them that extra content. Um, It's worth three dollars. Um, It's worth it. If like a hundred if the content's really good and a hundred people sign up like that is a pretty easy way to make money. And I always like having like a physical object. I know that's like harder to do, but I think it goes a long mm-hmm. way. If you want someone to donate like $20 a month, give them like a tote bag or like a piece of swag, like a, a mug or something. I don't know. It depends on what your podcast is, but give them something like stickers, something cool like that. And that helps you in the end too, because it is additional promotion, right? Absolutely. Well, I was going to say that's, that's I think, an underutilized way to to grow an audience too is create physical goods to give away because uh and nice you know don't go cheap get something nice yeah and give it to folks it it really makes an impression and live events like stuff like that like stuff that's in real life is so nice like you know podcasts are great because you feel like you're you're part of this person's life like you get to know people you get to hear them speak you like relate to them in your own ways but like it's so much nicer. I know it's like over the internet and that's great that we can do that, but everyone still like wants to meet people in the real world. Yes. So if you can find a way to like bring your audience together and, you know, do something for them like a live event or, you know, maybe you'll be at an event and you can engage with them that way and hand out stickers, something like that. Like that is so, so, so important and honestly awesome. Like every time I go to a live podcasting event, I'm like in love with everything. <laughs> I like leave right. so starry eyed. <laughs> I have I I, I got to be honest. Outside of conferences, a few that I've gone to, I haven't I haven't been to too many. Like I've been to podcasting events, but not like live podcasts. Mm. I just did a live podcast with Jane Fonda, and um, it was crazy, <laughs> but it was cool. But it it is so cool because you get to like hear these people talk in real life and be part of it. And then when the episode comes out, you're like, I was there. Yeah, right. Got to yeah. get that audience engagement. It's super important. Yeah. All right. Just a just a couple more questions here. Um, what do you think, if someone asks you, what would you tell them is the most rewarding part of making a podcast? I mean, maybe this is based off my last answers, but I feel like the most rewarding part of having a podcast is twofold and it has to do with people. Like, connecting with people. One thing is that you connect with the people, 
Like you have these conversations with people, they take half an hour of your time and you end up making a new connection that sometimes is amazing. So if you have an interview podcast, like, and you're, you know, taking half an hour out of your week every week to talk to a new person, like that's so many people that you're meeting that you would have never met otherwise. And you get to have Mm. these like really amazing in-depth conversations with them. And I've seen those relationships like go from this one podcast taping that like they had no context for knowing each other outside of that and like turn into like business relationships or friendships or, you know, like traveling people like meet up across the world after they've had like had this conversation once um, in a podcast. And that I think is so, so, so amazing. And I love that. Um, The second thing that I think it does is it's really really amazing when you make a podcast and you put it out there and you get to see how many people listen to it. Like I always assumed that, you know, podcasts, like since they blew up, that the shows I work on would get less and less listeners because, you know, there's so many podcasts out there. So people are listening to like a million other things, Mm. but it hasn't happened at all. Like I always start new podcasts and they always do super well. And it's like really amazing to see like you can put out a piece of content that you care about and you can see like 10,000 people listen to it or, or you know, 50,000 people or 100,000 people have listened to it. And that to me is like amazing. <laughs> yeah. It takes like pretty little like, I don't know, it's like you make a small thing and you put it out there and you can touch so many people all over the world. And I think that's really cool. It's like making art. I love it. Steph, thanks so much for for coming on the show today and and for sharing all your knowledge and experience. Where should people go if they want to learn more about you or follow you online? Thank you for having me. This is so nice. I love catching up with you. Um, People can follow me on Twitter at editodd underscore IO, or you can follow my personal account at Steph underscore Colburn, um, or you can follow me on Instagram at editodd.io. And yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me always at Steph, S-T-E-P-H, at editodd.io. I always respond to emails. I love hearing from people. If you're like a woman who wants to get into audio production, hit me up. Let's chat. I'm usually hiring. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Steph, thanks so much for coming on the show. And I would also like to take the moment, this moment to plug my new show, which is called The Podcast News. It's going to be a, uh, a weekly show that I put out every weekend, just kind of recapping the most important news and the good to knows and the, the helpful articles from, from the, the week related to podcast stuff. It's specifically for podcast producers or folks in the industry or folks who are just really passionate about podcasting. So by the time this episode comes out, it should be live in Apple Podcasts. And, uh, and my, you know, if you search the podcast news or visit the podcast news on Twitter, then uh, you'll be able to find the site and subscribe to it. And I'll include a link in the show notes. So yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the podcast dude or at the podcast news.
can't, I couldn't believe no one else had taken the podcast news yet. Like, it seems so obvious. <laughs> so cool. I'm so excited to listen. Yay. Yeah. Send me any, send me any cool links you think I should include. One of the things um, I was talking I to, will. I was talking to Dane about um, a coworker of mine from Simplecast. I was talking to him about this um, the night before I, I launched the show, actually. And he just pointed out that like it'd be really great to have some some more diverse voices and and viewpoints. And I totally agree. Um, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to you know share and promote some uh, some folks who might not otherwise get attention in the podcast industry. So, yep, gonna try to use my show as a, a force for good, and that's we'll awesome. see how that goes. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I think you're doing a good job. It's, it's important. Thanks. I think you're doing a good job. I mean, I'm a queer woman. If you ever need a, a woman on your show, let I, me know. <laughs> we just got done doing an interview. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> actually. So, so here's the so here's the thing. Um, I, the way I set this show up is that I actually would like the opportunity to have other folks host episodes, like in case I can't do it for some reason. Oh, cool. So I, I'm like I'm putting together. It's like it's a it's a fairly scripted show. So it's going to be like. Every week, three to five, you know, or up to six or seven if there's a bunch of news, but really just three or five either news articles or pieces of news or tutorials that that should be highlighted. Um, it's going to be like the format's going to be just a link to the to the original article or the original news. And then cool. like a, a little bit of... Oh my God, I have oh. so many. My brain is like popping <laughs> off right now. I want to do one. I want to do one. I'll 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 let you guest guest host. Um, and then it's just like a little bit about a little bit about the article or what the news is, and then just a little bit of a little bit of discussion, like you know your thoughts on the on the on why it's important or what's interesting about it, you know. So, um, yep. And then cool. Are you gonna do like a newsletter too? Um, uh, you know, I should. Right now, I'm kind of like I'm building. I'm like I'm I'm driving this car down the road while I'm building it. So I'm just yeah, mm-hmm. just uh yeah, maybe wait a bit. But it would be cool to have like a monthly recap of everything, right? Cuz you'll have all that information. You'll just be like formatting exactly. it into Exactly. And then a YouTube channel as well. Cool. All, basically, basically I need to do all the things, but I am only one person and I also have this show and story of my life, all the podcasters. (laughs) So yes, but no, I I actually would absolutely love to have, um, I'd love to have you and and other folks do, you know, do guest hosting. I think it'd be really fun. Oh my God. I would love that. Also, maybe some cool people from my team would be interested. Yes. Yeah. That's so exciting. Congrats. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited about it too. It feels, um, as much as I love the podcast, dude, I always felt like it was it was never quite as good as it could be simply because, frankly, because of the title, you know, like the podcast, dude, I think it's mm-hmm. it doesn't give listeners a, a good description of what the show is. And mm-hmm. I think it's it it doesn't speak to I don't know. It's it's like it's more of a personal thing rather than like in my mind, the podcast news is much more for the community and for podcast producers um, and even though the right. podcast dude was also for those same people, it just doesn't, you wouldn't know that just by looking at the artwork or looking at the the title of the show. And then the fact that it's mm-hmm. also my personal brands, I feel is limiting. Whereas the podcast news could be anyone, right? Like could be any number of, it could be yeah, a company, it could be a brand in of, of itself. It's not tied to just me. So Yes. That's uh, it's exciting. Lots to do. Um, I'm gonna keep working on it though, and uh, yeah, get you on to to do an episode. Fun. 
I can't wait. I want to listen. Send me a link when it's up. I absolutely Do you have will. like socials for yeah, it? Yeah. So social is online right now. It's just at the podcast dude on Twitter. And I do not have uh, anything else right now. I haven't done any other platforms. Okay. So you're going to use the podcast dude Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, podcast news. I thought you said oh, dude. Oh, no. Did I say dude? Yeah. Oh, we're following it already. Yeah. God, my social media girl is awesome. <laughs> I need a social media person. Yeah. Same. God, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm really, yeah. She's awesome. I'm just saving my life every day. I'm like so tired all the time. <laughs> off life, the record. Of a, <laughs> off the record. You don't want that in the show? This is going to be the after show, I thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm like constantly walking the line between like melting and loving my life. It's hard. Right. So that's going to be the, the, the true story of the podcast producer. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I think in order to like be self-employed in any way, like you have to be a bit of like a, you have to be like in love with what you do Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out how to not let that kill you. Um, Because I think, you know, if I like, I love making podcasts. I'm like never upset. Like if I work at midnight, I'm like not even upset about it. I'm like stoked about it. Right. Um, But like, that doesn't mean that I should be working at midnight. So I think I'm like, I'm constantly learning and relearning how to like set boundaries and um, be kind or to my sleep schedule. Mm hmm. Gotta, gotta, I always say prioritize sleep over everything else. It's hard to do though. I'm, I admire you for being able to do that. I just know I, 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 things, I get weird and things get bad real quick if I don't sleep well. Like, I, Mm. I'm not a I'm not an enjoyable person to be around and I don't make good decisions and uh yeah. Sleep. It's important. Hmm. Yeah. I mean you can put that in if you want. Actually, I feel good about that. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> great. Seriously, great show. Like so much, so many great takeaways. And uh and I'm I'm really excited to put this out. So thanks again. We'll we'll cool. call it a, we'll call I'm it a so wrap. Excited. Yay. Yeah. Thanks for talking to me so much. Honestly, I like love chatting with you. Yay. I feel like I'm so it's so cool that we like met in real life once. Right. <laughs> twice, Podcast, twice, Philadelphia, twice. Yeah. Fort Worth before and then Philadelphia, PA. 20. I know. Are you going to go to any of those this year? I didn't go last year. I didn't go this last year. But probably better because I was super tired. Um, oh, yeah. I think I'd like to go some more. I think yeah. I'm ready to do some more traveling. Maybe we should do something together, right? Mm-hmm. Like a show let's or think about a it. 2020. company or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's think about something for 2020. Deal. Also, tell Dane he's awesome. He's like helped me so much. I emailed him like 50 times in a row. Who's that? <laughs> Dane. Oh yes, Dane's great. He's. Please I need. To, I'm trying to get him. Nice. <laughs> I will. I'll include this in the the show and make him. I'll send him a. I'll make him a recast specifically for this session. <laughs> Send him that recast. Uh, what was I going to say? I'm Thanks, trying to get Dane. him on. I'm trying to get him on more shows too. Like he's he's thinking about starting a show. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to start a show. That was I was that was going to be one of my questions. When are you going to start a show? Yeah, you we're know. doing like a a YouTube um, and podcast show called The Uplift. Oh, nice. And we're we're going to talk to other people that work in any field but that are using their work to like uplift other people in their community. I love I think that. Be cool. Instant subscribe. Cool. Yeah. It's not out yet, but 
It will be.